This is FS Uncovered, podcast of M&M Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. So we have a little different type of podcast today. So instead of sitting with one or two individuals, we have a series of questions. So we put some questions out on our social media pages um, to our employees and just to see what types of questions they had about M&M service. So we'll cover a couple different topics today with our specialists in the company answering these questions. As always, if any of our listeners out there have questions for us, please feel free to um, reach out to any of your salesmen or you can message us on any of our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and always just call in here to the office and you can ask for for me or any of our managers and we'd be more than happy to to answer any questions that you may have. So here we go. Okay, so one of the questions we received was about our patronage um, and how our patronage payments are figured. So we have Dave Wright, general manager, here with us. Um, So Dave, could you kind of explain patronage and how those payments are figured? Sure, thanks, Krista. So a little bit of background here. Uh, As a cooperative, um, we have the ability under the federal tax laws to uh, pass through a portion uh, of our earnings to our member owners. Um, so uh, if the cooperative is successful during the year and, and generates a, a profit, we we have t- historically um, went through and, and determined patronage that we pay out. So that process, uh, um, I'll kind of sum that up here in a nutshell. Basically, uh, we look at the income produced by each department and we prorate that accordingly across those departments. Uh, we also then look at uh, individual products um, and, and uh, those that generate uh, income for us are the ones we, we pay out on. Typically, we like to keep that to our, our main product lines, uh, our fertilizers, our fuels, our chemicals, our seed, uh, LP gas, and, and grain, and, and all our, our main product lines. We're able to do that uh, each year and uh, pay a portion of that, that patronage out in, in cash and a portion of that out in stock. So each year that it's figured, is that based on the prior year for the company? Yes. So a good question. Uh, so yeah, each fiscal year and our fiscal year ends in August. First, we have to have an audit uh, and the auditors come in and, and verify our books for us. Once that's complete, you know, we determine what amount of patronage we should pay. Uh, you know, obviously we have to pay the, the tax bill and um, retain some some, some earnings uh, so that we can continue to uh, conduct operations in our territory. But uh, then we decide how much patronage we're going to pay out. Those uh, distributions are made in the first part of December. and But yes, those would be for business the, the grower does with us from September of the prior year through August of that current year. Okay. Well, thank you, Dave, for coming in and answering that question. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay. So another question we have for Tim, our seed marketing manager, and Austin, our seed warehouse manager. What are some things we are doing differently this upcoming year for seed? On a seed treater, we're changing our dry finisher to a polymer. Can you elaborate what a polymer is? Polymer is a liquid coating that kind of coats the seed, dries it a little faster, and makes it more plantable. So why are we making this change? With our dry seed finisher, with uh, the amount of liquid that we're actually putting out on the soybean, uh, 
whenever you add a powder to a uh, liquid mix, sometimes it doesn't necessarily mesh too well. And so I think that we were having quality issues with some of our treatments and just kind of solidifying before it actually hit the bean. Um, therefore, we had a lot of wasted product that uh, our customer may have been paying for, but just wasn't necessarily receiving. So having a polymer is actually really going to help solidify everything and, you know, just to kind of stick to the bean. Um, it's also going to go ahead and help up just plantability issue or, or some plantability issues that we might have with uh, bridging in uh, seed boxes that we may have had. Um, the polymer is going to allow the seed coat to be a little bit slicker, so it's actually going to run through the uh, the planter box a little bit better. Like a polymer, it helps with plantability is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, Do we have to change any type of equipment that we have set up in our seed treatment shed? Not necessarily. We're actually uh, recycling old uh, tanks that we're not current, we, we had not currently been using. The problem that we have with uh, the polymer is it's actually hard to, it, it separates really easy, so we have to have it in constant suspension. And so we actually have an old tank that has paddles in it, and it's constantly spinning, uh, at it, and so it's constantly being agitated. Oh, huh. That's interesting. Like, so, scientists. Well, there's... You ever seen Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? Yeah. The, the, problem, like the problem with <laughs> seed care isn't necessarily a problem. It, it, it is for us because the industry is moving towards a situation where we're so worried about what a bean looks like. I mean, what a bean looks like has no agronomic value whatsoever, but farmers still want to see a pretty, a pretty product. Uh, like and the pretty purples and blues. Ex exactly, and exactly. You know, color and how shiny the bean is <laughs> does absolutely nothing for us. <laughs> and so, you know, but there is an aesthetic value to a bean to an extent. Uh, so the reason why we have to keep it in suspension is actually for the pretty stuff. Uh. You know, we, we have the sparkles in it, you know, that that's, that's going to make it shine. Uh, so th that's the reason why we have to keep it in constant suspension. But, uh, I mean, ag agronomically, a, a polymer really does nothing for us. But economically, uh, the better plantability we have, the more money we can make in a day, technically. I mean, if you want to look at agronomic, ag agronomic values of planting beans earlier, mm -hmm. I mean, if it can give you a few more acres in a day, it does make money. Is there any other change that you guys would like to talk about? Yeah, just one more. Um, in our battle to maybe lower some use rates, um, we're maybe not we're not lowering the use rate for amount of AI, but we're at least lowering our lowering our use rate for uh, amount of liquid applied to the seed. Uh, we're switching from uh, we're switching our, our cytokinin product, which is just a growth promoter that uh, we put directly on the seed. It's uh, it, it's the same chemical. It's from the same company but it's just at a more concentrated use. And so we're switching from triad, which is at an ounce per, uh, per hundred weight. And, uh, we're moving to a, uh, product called Trizon ST. Uh, Trizon ST, like I said, is it's the same product that our triad product that we had been using is, it's just at a, uh, just, I think it's a 10th of a use rate that we're used to. So, you know, moving to a, uh, 10th of an ounce from an ounce is going to be absolutely huge. Um, for maybe some of our newer seed treatments that are coming out that we might switch to that have a higher use rate, it's going to be a really good tool that, that we're going to have to make sure that we're not, we're just not getting too much liquid on that bean. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for stopping in. Thank you. So another question we had was about agrofinance. So we have Lisa Furlow, credit manager, with us. So Lisa, what is the process to sign up for agrofinance? If a grower is interested in ag finance, they need to um, first reach out to their salesman, obviously. And then we have a actual application that they fill out. If they are needing less than 500000 we have what we call a FAST app that they fill out with their uh, basic information. If they're needing more funds than that, it's a little more of a lengthy process, but I will, I need um, balance sheet, income statement, things like that. So it's, it's not real difficult, but um, depending on how much money they're looking for, it, it can entail other, <laughs> other documents. So what products can a grower finance? Is it just certain things or how does that work? Basically anything that um, they, they would use, their, their seed, their fertilizer, their crop protection program, uh, products, their fuel, propane applications, um, pretty much anything that they would use in their operation can be covered under, under the program as well as uh, their cash rent, any discretionary um, things that might come up, um, repairs, things like that. Those oh. can all be covered. Oh. Okay, thanks, Lisa. No problem. So another question for Elaine Frerichs, our Precision Farming Manager. Elaine, what is VRT? Well, Krista, um, VRT has been around for a long time. Um, it's variable rate technology. And what that is, is it varies product across the field, whether it be lime, which is a most important, um, fertilizer. We can VRT seed, um, anhydrous. I mean, everything can be, most every product can be VRT'd, meaning it varies the product rate over the field where it needs it most. So if one of your areas in the field is producing, say, 220 bushel corn, and another part of the field is producing 180 bushel corn with variable rate technology, it's going to apply more product to the area that's producing the higher rate of yield. So it makes sense to put more dollars where you're putting more yield versus throwing dollars away by putting it in somewhere that doesn't is not going to yield that. Elaine, so in a year like this, where commodity prices are, are so high, does that make a does that make a grower's decision a lot easier to go ahead and go for VRT? Tony, that's a great question. I think that this year, because prices are higher, um, a grower would be has the opportunity to soil test and actually find out what areas of the field need more product and less product. And I think it gives the grower this year, especially with prices being higher, um, the opportunity to put fertility needs um, where they need to be and put their dollars where they're best used, where they're going to make the most for them. So, so yes, I think this year with prices being as they are, um, you can look that as a positive for VRT because it's going to give them the opportunity to really make their dollars work for them where they need to be. Okay, well, thanks, Elaine, for answering our questions. 